Welcome to IlliniGuys.com, where we are the number one source for information on Illini sports. And if you want it right away, you get it from us. But tonight on I on the Illini, the Illini guys have Brad Sturdy, the man who is the recruiting expert and has been such for 20 years. We have Kedrick Prince, who is the director of recruiting, who literally almost seems to know what every recruit is thinking. And then we've got Connor Kegley, who does all of our breakdowns and analysis for us. And we're going to talk to you tonight about the 2022s and kind of an update as to who we're looking at and uh, what players are the uh, exciting ones to look forward to. And we'll have some discussion on that. So first off, let's start off with the point guards out here in the 2022 class. Brad, we've heard names like Anthony Black, Jay-Z and Gortman, Jaden Epps, uh, Trey Holloman, et cetera. Um, what are you hearing and, and what are you are thinking? Because there's, there's some talented players in this group. No question. I think it's a really important position for Illinois in 2022 when you look at they're going to lose – um, you know, Trent Frazier and, and uh, the uh, Fonzo Plummer, they've got, then you throw in, you're probably going to, you know, Andre Corbello, good chance you might lose him. So that's three of your smaller guards, three of, of guys who can handle the ball. So you need to replace those guys. And, and you've got some guys who are more, you know, better off the ball, but they need guys who can create shots, um, guys who can, you know, create off the bounce. And in talking to the Illinois staff, that's one thing that they're really, concerned about moving forward in 2022 is having guys that can create off the bounce. Now, um, a couple of guys that they uh, I've looked at, we talked about, um, I think the top guy, like if you went through and said, this is the guy that Illinois likes about, it's Jaden Epps. Uh, Chester Frazier has a long relationship with him. I think he's a kid that, you know, can do a lot of things, score, but also facilitate. And so a uh, perfect, you know, kind of point guard, combo guard in this offense. And even this, you watch Illinois, Although they want their point guards, Carvello, you know, is a great passer, but they also want their point guards to score. They want it to be like a lead guard. Um, I would assume he had, you know, triple doubles, you know, points and assists, you know, Connor Carvello scores, assists. They want him to have the ball a lot and make decisions and make plays, and Epps really fits there. And I think another guy that, you know, more of a combo guard probably was Sincere Harris, who just had a visit, great visit. Illinois feels really good about where they sit with him. He's a guy who can create off the bounce. I think a couple guys that are kind of wild cards here would be like a Jay-Z and Gorman. Gorman is electric. I mean, he's just an electric, explosive guy and can do some crazy things. But, but at the same time, how, how deep are they? I mean, they, they're recruiting him, but, you know, how close are they? I think they're maybe in a better position with the other guys. They're, they're playing, you know, more at least even or catch up the, uh, on these other guys. So Anthony Black's another kid. He's totally different than those guys. Um, Anthony Black's the tall the long, the rangy, more in the Io Sumo mold of, you know, being a longer point guard. So those are some of the guys that we kind of ha have uh, seen. Um, we know that Epps just visited. We know Harris just visited. So kind of gives you an idea that they want to get those guys on campus. And we'll see as we go through July, I think in August, you'll see official visits from some of these guys. And that'll give us more of a, a where they're at. Um, and I, I would say it wouldn't shock me to see them get a commitment before we get to August from one of these guys and then have them officially visit in the fall. Okay. Kedrick, what, what are you hearing up there, you know, when you look at that point guard group? What, what are your thoughts? Because I know you're on the phone, you're talking, you're beating the bushes to get information. Any, any thoughts come to your mind? Well, I have to concur with what Brad was saying. I mean, if you look at the guard position, you know, for since Chester has been hired at the University of Illinois, he doesn't hide that he's a Jaden Epps fan. He, he's a tough-minded kid, you know, according to the staff. He's a typical Illinois kid. He's a tough-minded kid who can guard, defend, he can score. He doesn't get rattled easily, you know. And like Brad mentioned, if you could, if you were to put a list of point guards together, he would probably be the guy that they think they have, you know, who they would want, um, probably more than some of these other guys. You know, we mentioned Anthony Black. Um, you know, both of you guys have talked about him, Mike and Connor. He's a six, seven guy out of Coppell, Texas. But what's unique about him is that his dad's family's from Milwaukee. And dad has made a, a few comments that he kind of like for his son to be back in the Midwest area. It would be an excuse to come back up here to see him play. Um, and I know you guys really, really like his game. I, I believe the staff has probably reached out to him a couple of times and, you know, trying to get him for a visit. I know that would be really, really nice. 
um, we mentioned Sincere who visited, you know, and for the fans who, you know, who are listening to this, if you go to lineeyeguys.com, um, I wrote a story on him and his visit, and he talked about uh, the staff. It was one of his, it was one of his better visits. Uh, the staff was unique, and he talked about how passionate they were. So he's a kid that I really think that they could possibly land at some point in time. And the thing that fans or people, fans, I guess, need to realize, when they offer all these kids, it's kind of a pecking order. You know, they can't just take every offer for every kid because then you obviously be out of scholarships. So there's a certain group of players that I think they want. If they can get those kids first, then they'll get those kids. But to be honest with you, um, we talked about it off here. I think there's a good shot that, you know, that they're going to land one of these guys because they're, they are losing them a lot in, in 2022. So, Connor, you've, you've kind of looked at uh, some of these guys and, and kind of analyzed who's recruiting them and, and where you're hearing, um, you know, from sources across the country who might be in the lead. So what are your thoughts particularly on Epps, Gortman, and Black? Well, you can't really uh, go wrong with any of these three guards. Um, personally, uh, I like Jay-Z and Gortman um, in terms of just his style of play. Uh, he's kind of just the – he can do both. He can really get to the basket, but he can also get his teammates involved and kind of get into the other team's kind of head with that, as well as his ability to guard, you know, all the way down uh, basket to basket. Um, right now, it looks like he's – pretty interested in Florida State and Wake Forest uh, due to early connections there. Uh, Alabama's trying to get in there as well, but I don't really think any of the Blue Bloods have really pushed the gas on him. So the it remains open that Illinois, you know, they could really compete with those other schools if they were to be able to get an official visit. Uh, with Jaden Epps, you're, you're pretty much locked in a battle with Kansas. So that's, that's going to be tough, but if you've shown him that you're a priority, you know, maybe the fact that Kansas kind of hasn't really pushed to this point, maybe you can really sway him with that. He's a absolute lights out shooter and kind of pulls you out similar to like a Damian Lillard or for college fans, maybe like uh, Frank Mason, though I don't want him to be in Kansas like that. So probably should have used a different example, but um, Anthony Black is also going to be a tough one. I mean, you're going up against Gonzaga, Baylor, Texas, and potentially Duke here now that they've offered. So you're going to be fighting against the top of the top, regardless of any of these three point guards. But the good part is you only got to win one of them. And if Illinois gets any of them, we're going to be set for the future. So I don't really think there's going to be as much of a pecking order in this scenario, because if Illinois can get any of these guys to commit, I think they 100% say, Yep, you're coming to Illinois, and I'm not even going to wait until one of the other guys says they want to come. You're you're taking their commitment right there. So we've got yeah, the, the point guard position is exciting. Now I know you know the people who've listened to this podcast. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of Black. Um, it was interesting when when he literally took the wheels off of the fire down here in the New York to LA uh, tournament. What was really funny is he spent a part of the game, you know, early part talking with the referees. And then he got a string of about three calls uh, going his way that literally had the fire parents just totally upset. And then during a, <laughs> during a couple times, he would, when somebody else was shooting a free throw, he'd walk over next to the fire parents and fire them up even more by, you know, a little bit of banter back and forth. But um, the guy's got uh, the guy's got a, a competitive attitude that I thought probably rivaled Io in terms of you know his ability to to let's say chat and communicate with both the opposing team and the crowd. Um, so we, you know we kind of talked about that. We got into a, a little bit with with uh, Harris as being a combo guard and but Black kind of at six seven. You know he's also a guy to be honest you put the wrong guard on him and he can go in and post him up. Um, another position that Illinois seems to be looking at, and, and obviously they've, they've done some, some real recruiting here at the, the wing position. And we kind of forget about this freshman class coming in, but at the wing position, of course, you know, uh, 
AJ Store uh, decommitted, but obviously a very talented player. Uh, Jaden Shoot, who is definitely named for what his ability uh, is. And I guess we're all pretty happy that we got through the weekend of Michigan State without a commit. And now we're hearing another exciting name, which, which Brad just kind of revealed uh, to us, uh, Cam Whitmore. So um, when you look at the wing position, uh, despite having a lot of talent coming in here, it doesn't sound like uh, the staff is going to, you know, do anything other than push down on the pedal and keep it going. So Brad, what are your thoughts on these players at the wing? Well, I'm a huge Cam Whitmore fan. I know Illinois is as well. Um, although you're going to beat, you're going to have to beat everybody um, for him. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. Um, I think he's been, he's probably a little underrated. Um, the other kid, you know, I don't, Dylan Mitchell's really good. I like him. I don't know how deep they are going to be it with him. AJ Store's a kid that I think um, I, we'll see where Illinois goes with him. We'll see where he goes with Illinois, whether that's a fit. I mean, he's got a ton of offers now. I'm not, I'm not sure that he's going to be the right guy for Illinois, although, you know, obviously it'd be a good fit, maybe from a geographical standpoint, maybe it isn't a good fit. Maybe he's better off being a little farther from home. I don't know. I mean, you just kind of have to let that stuff play out and see what happens there. But uh, I know that the kid that they would love to have because they want kids that can shoot is Jaden shoot, you know, so um, that would be a great wing addition. He's, he's bouncy. Um, he can shoot the heck out of it. I think Illinois is, probably behind Michigan state at this point, but he had, if Illinois is able to get him on an official visit this fall, I really think they do have a legit shot at him. If he goes, if he commits before then, then obviously he never has shot, but I think it was good. They got him down for an unofficial. They've really mended some of that Illinois wolves relationship. The other thing that they're doing, this is another thing they're talking about is they're recruiting some other Illinois wolves kids, whether it's in the 2022 and 2033 classes, Illinois really hadn't gone hard after the Wolves kids for, for a few years. And, and I know some of it is maybe they're not having had the same level of talent, but they still have some really good players. We see them going to college back in the day. You remember Illinois used to get the, you know, they had Nana Egwu, uh, you know, um, Chase, they were recruited Chase and Randall really hard. You go through, there's a lot of, you know, Tracy Abrams actually played with the Wolves after he committed to Illinois. So there's a lot of things. There's, there was a connection there. Um, Demetri McCamey, you know, they obviously was a Wolves guy. So they had a lot of Wolves connections and then it kind of got away from that. And now there seems like they're trying to build Jeff Alexander's really doing a good job of trying to rebuild on um, that relationship. And I know even Chester's going to get in Chicago this weekend on Sunday and see the kids, uh, Illinois kids, because he's been, you know, doing more of the national stuff and that way he can get, start building a little bit more of that relationship as well. So, um, so anyway, I, I think from the wing standpoint, also, I think AJ Casey probably slots as a wing, whether you think he's a four, three or three, four or whatever you want to do. I think he's a kid that slots there. Um, you know, Illinois really uh, made him a priority of late. Um, Underwood's gone to see him. They actually on a, you know, and the other thing they want to evaluate these kids, let's be honest. They haven't seen these kids live in, you know, a long time. It's been 15 months since they've seen these kids live. You're watching baller TV, watching videos, highlight videos, those things. It's not quite the same. And so seeing them live, you get to see a lot of things and things that are off camera, seat movement. And so how they do they hustle, teammates, how they interact, all those are things that you want to um, navigate here. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens at the wing. I do like the wings they already have. RJ Melendez, every report that I hear about him is he's fantastic. Like, I mean, they are astonished at how good he is. Like they really think, once he gets in the Fletch program here, and he's in now, in a year, we're going to be like, wow, this kid is really good. Um, you know, Brandon Podzemski, same way. They really like his ability to, you know, shoot the ball. And, he, again, he gets in this, gets gains some explosion, um, so ability to do some uh, stuff off the bounce. And uh, in the Fletch you know, weight training program, and he's going to be a really, really good offensive player. And, um, and can guy can just shoot the lights out. So, and Luke Goody, same way. I mean, Luke Goody, maybe doesn't get the same rave reviews, but there's a program for your program guy who can play multiple positions, shoot the ball. And again, another guy who can spread the floor and space the floor. Um, and, and Goody's probably stronger than, than the other two guys coming in. So he's a guy who's already got that kind of developed body. So I know that seg got away from recruiting, but sorry about that. I just got talking and there you go. But, um, Ken, what do you think? Uh, what are your, is there any wing that you like better than the other? 
Well, I want to talk about my guy, RJ. I tell you what, I, I, I've been saying on all these podcasts and all the radio shows, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country. I, I really do. And I've heard the same thing. And I think people forget how good he really is and how good he can really be to help Illinois. Um, but I, you're right, I'll, go, I'll focus back on recruiting. Um, I really like to, I, I like Jaden shoot a lot because when the pandemic was going on, couldn't get out, couldn't see a lot, had a lot of good conversations with him. And the thing that where Illinois is in a good situation is they were sticking by him when others weren't. When others kind of went away, we talked about his rankings and he was disappointed about that. He thought he was, he was, his ranking should have been a little bit better. Um, some of the schools he was interested in kind of backed off, but Illinois didn't do that. Even though the coaching staff changed, you know, his feelings toward them, you know, I think stayed the same. I feel like everyone else, you know, going to Michigan State and coming back without him, um, I, I, I guess uh, his comment to be where I'm going to commit to Michigan State. We all thought that's what was going to happen. It didn't happen. And I think a lot of these kids, not just him, can get down to Champaign. Um, I think Illinois has a, a really good chance of selling these kids. Last weekend, I was in normal and had a chance to talk to Coach Underwood for a second. You know, Connor, you mentioned this a few minutes ago. Illinois is not taking the back seat to Duke and Kansas, North Carolina anymore. They think they can get any kid that they want. They don't have to say, hey, you know, we're playing catch up. They were ranked second in the country at one point last year. They were number one seed in the tournament. They're feeding off those kind of things. So, and I like Jay. And, you know, you look at AJ Store, he's a good kid. I mean, he really is a good kid. And any coach that you talk to, they'll tell you the same thing. He is a, he's going to make some program really, really happy. There's just so many things that, you know, I guess it needs to be figured out with him. I know his visit went extremely well. It was an unofficial visit. I know the family really, really wanted that, and he came away in awe. Um, the kid loves Illinois, and, and that's not a secret. You know, everybody knows how much he likes Illinois. Um, but I think this, I know the scholarship's there for him. I know he's really looking for um, an official visit. I mean, if he gets an official visit – um, knowing how much he likes Illinois, I would be surprised if he pulled the trigger, if that's, you know, the way the school and his family, you know, looks at it. Um, one thing I will talk about is Cam Whitmore. He's, if you look at a wing outside of those two that I mentioned, Chester Frazier loves that kid too. And I also heard Coach Alexander is really, really into Cam Whitmore. But you're right, it's a long shot. There's a lot of schools out there. Illinois has a lot to offer but they do have three incoming wings. So playing time is going to be an issue for, for a lot of those kids just for that reason alone. Perfect. So Connor, why don't you give us your kind of breakdown on that, these players. Um, with these three, um, I will agree with you, Brad. Um, I think that uh, the Wolves is kind of an interesting situation that they have brewing there. I mean, I'm not one to turn down talent because they're for a specific type of AAU program. If you're from Illinois and you can play, why not go after a guy that's from Illinois? Uh, I don't care if you're, if it's just about being from Illinois, I don't think that's the way you offer kids. But if you have talent in your backyard, you should be doing everything you can for a guy like Jaden Shutt or a Braden Huff, as long as they're evaluated correctly. And, you know, with them being able to see these guys live in this uh, period, they should be able to tell whether or not they, they match up with guys from other teams across the entire nation and to kind of see, you know, where they're really supposed to be slotted based on the fact that, you know, neither of those two have really been accurately ranked on any sort of national database to this point. I mean, Huff and Jaden Shutt look like top 75 kids and they're not on any sort of list on any of these scouting sites. So I think it's a good thing that they're getting back involved with both these two guys. And uh, like uh, Kedrick said, they didn't really take the foot off of Jaden shut. And now you're, now you're fighting with MSU for potentially getting, you know, if he goes on a visit, you might be able to get him to commit. Um, AJ store is kind of interesting. He's got, you know, the, the build and physique of an NBA wing. And if he can kind of wrap his mind around, you know, am I going to be a, a one and done or a two and done uh, before he ever steps on college, that might hinder him because he's not going to buy into the system as well. He's going to be, you know, is he going to go somewhere and then transfer the next year because he's not properly bought in and the coach 
kind of gets fed up regardless. That can happen to very talented kids. And we see that across the entire nation right now. But if he comes in and he buys into a system, I truly believe he has the talent level to start pretty much anywhere with his build at 6'5", 6'6", and about 205, 210 pounds. And he can absolutely shoot the lights off. Uh, Cam Whitmore is kind of an interesting one. Um, I read an interview from a UNC site, and they said that they thought he was more of a stretch four, which um, to me, when I watched some of his film, he does not look like a stretch four. Could he play it? Probably, but uh, he's more of a three to me. Uh, and you could use that in recruiting if, you know, he doesn't want to play the four and you can kind of sell him on that bit. Uh, we'll see how uh, developed Frazier is in that uh, area. And if he can get someone from, you know, I want to say he's from either Maryland or uh, Virginia, but Maryland, um, yes. Yeah. And then Casey's kind of a wild card at the uh, small forward. Um, he kind of plays that a little bit more for his AA or for the AAU. He needs to kind of get a little bit better shooting the ball from outside. If he's going to want to play that moving forward into college, uh, he can defend the three right now and he, he hustles on the perimeter. But if you don't have an outside jumper at the four and you can consistently stretch the floor, you're just, you're not going to be a viable player outside of like the post. It's just it's a tough ball game and that's some, that's the area along with maybe a little bit of ball handling as well. I think the weight will get there. He'll, he'll hit the weight room in college, but those skills just really need to be developed if he wants to play out on the wing. You make a interesting point there, Connor is talking about, you know, a kid. One thing when you're recruiting these 2022 kids is if you got a kid who you don't think is going to be happy after a year, are you better off waiting and taking a transfer or, or, or you know, it, it, you don't really want to reach in the summer right now or the fall because the transfer portal is so crazy. And, and I don't see that going away. I mean, I think there's probably going to be fewer next year because it's, it wasn't, you know, it's like the first time excitement, you know, and once those kids have transferred, now they can't transfer again. So you're limited in numbers you have, but I think you're going to see a lot of coaches, maybe, you know, Illinois wants to bring in like six kids in 2022 here, you know, so, but if they only get three, do they take a, a guy, a project? Do you take a project? Probably not when you can go out and get a kid in the spring. Like for example, this year, you know, they, they didn't get a big guy. Um, it's hard to get a big guy, but they go out in the spring and they grab Omar Payne, who was a top 50 guy two years ago, now has two years of college experience. You know, and, and we, we were like, ah, oh, we should have got this guy or that guy. Which guy that you would have brought in in 2021 was going to be better than Omar Payne from that list. I mean, probably none of them to be honest. So that, that's, it's kind of navigating that can be tough. And we're talking about big guys. So Mike, what do you think about the big guys? Well, you know, uh, when we talk about that, I'm, I'm going to jump to the center position first. Connor and I have had a lot of discussions here. And one of the things that the, or a couple of things come to mind. One is you got Kofi who is a force of nature but you can certainly prove to any one of these centers that Illinois will put together an offense that will feature them. And that's important, you know, and, and you can build your brand and you can go out there and produce and you don't have to worry about, you know, being, being kind of a guy who just watches other players shoot threes if you're at Illinois. The second thing is, is when Kofi leaves, regardless of, of Payne being here, and Payne I think is going to be a great pickup, but there are going to be an awful lot of minutes that are available for a player. And I think once, and, and this I'll give total credit to Connor for, for kind of you know opening this strategy up to me, but if you've got a center, let's say Ware or Phillips were to somehow you know commit, um, once you have them at center, then you can make a very attractive offer to a power forward who knows they won't be EJ Liddelled, where they're told they're going to be a four, they show up and they turn into a five. And then you have the NBA start to have questions. Well, can he play the four in the NBA? He only plays the five, you know, that type of thing. So it, to, you know, to our way of thinking up here or down here in Texas is, you know, if you could land a Ware or a Phillips or any one of the people we're going to talk about, 
that could make the power forward all of a sudden maybe ratchet up even higher because that power forward position becomes very attractive knowing that you've got a, a big man who will, who will protect you from having to spend too many minutes as a full-time five. So we're talking about Kalel Ware, uh, Sean Phillips, uh, Ernest Uday, and Felix Akpara. So there's, that's a list of four pretty good names there. So I'm going to let Brad take over from here now that I've kind of talked about some of the strategies of recruiting. Yeah, I think those are some guys that they would love to get. Obviously, we know Phillips and Uday have visited this June. Um, they've been on campus. They're guys that, you know, physical guys who can, you know, play the five. Most of these guys, the one thing about them, where Phillips, Uday, and Okpara, they're probably more fives. Um, Okpara maybe a little bit can play in the four, but they're true fives. You also have some other guys, you know, when we talk about power forwards, who could play the five. I mean, I think Cam Corrin can play some five. I think Braden Huff can play some five after he gains some strength because he's, you know, 6'9", 6'10". Um, he knows how to play. And Jalen Washington is another kid who's 6'10", 6'9", 6'10". And they're slotted as power forwards, but, you know, if you're running a – you know, if you run like some three out, two in, it's a, or even in four out, you can post them in certain matchups against um, in, against certain guys. So they're not just going to be stuck out on the perimeter um, and they aren't going to be stuck inside. So th that's a good thing for these guys. But I think that Illinois, what they're trying to do is sell, you know, they, they're selling the success of Kofi. I think it's a huge sell. But the other thing that they have going for, and to, to your point, Georgie was a featured part of the offense too when he was a freshman, if you recall, and Georgie ain't Kofi, you know, and, and you know, so the fact that they were using him as a, and I realized they were thin up front, but it kind of goes to show you that they are going to use, they, they want to go inside out. Now Underwood is did. I, I did hear the other day that, um, that Illinois is planning on, they shot like one of the fewest three point shots in the country last year. They're going to shoot a lot more threes this year, but that's partially because, you know, especially if Kofi's not here, but even if he's here, it's going to compress everything. You're going to have so many more guys to space the floor. Um, not as many non-shooters on the floor at, at, at the same time. So there's a, there, there's a lot of things to be said for uh, getting that big guy, whether it's Ware, Phillips, Uday, Okara, who can come in and be a defensive presence and be, a, be around the rim, attack the offensive glass, but also a guy who's going to get post touches. I don't know. I wouldn't say – I think with Phillips probably and Uday seeing – Ked, you talked to you today. It seems like Illinois had a really good visit with him. And uh, I feel like they're probably in the best place with probably Phillips and you today. But I will tell you that I just, I actually just this afternoon was told that um, Illinois is probably in a better position with Oak Par and Ware than, than most people think. Um, and, and, you know, so we'll see where that goes. Obviously, it's a, still a process, but um, it's, it's always interesting to see. What do you think, Ked? Well, my conversation with you today was huge because you guys just talked about Kofi. And when I talked to him, that was one of the first things he said. You know, before we only, when the coaching staff got there, they were selling this pipe dream. Well, now after two years of watching him play, they know that Kofi was a big part of the offense. So they really, really liked that. He thought that was, you know, they showed him game film. You know, they talked to him about, you know, this can be you, this is where you get touches. And here's a kid that's a three-star recruit that's being recruited by everybody. I mean, just everyone. And the good thing about this kid with, with, with today is uh, he has a great relationship with Coach with Coach Frazier, which is a blessing. I, I, I think people really are underestimating how good this coaching staff is. You know, Jeff has done a great job. He's done wonders, you know, with some of these kids and stuff. You know, I talked to Brandon Huff today, which is another kid who was raving about Coach Alexander. But I think Illinois has a good chance with him. Phillips, I, you know, I the staff felt really good about him, but he didn't say much about the visit. He was kind of quiet, didn't have much to say, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, that just could be who he is because I can tell you a lot of these kids, they're, not, they're all different. You know, some kids you talk to, they'll talk your ear off. I talked to a kid last week and then he put his mom on the phone, <laughs> you know, so they're all different. They really are. I know it's funny because there's a running joke. Ken with the moms again. Come it. on, Ken. I knew Always I with the moms. <laughs> I knew that was always coming. with the moms and kids. Come it's on, not man. a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they do need a big, and it's good to hear that you know how close they are with where. Um, I've talked to him, you know, briefly, but not a lot. But they have to get somebody, and that shouldn't be a hard sell. 
they proved that they can utilize a big man, make a big man. Every All-American team that was put out in the country, Kofi was on second team, every one of them. So they've, and you've seen his growth. They now have proof they can do league guards, shooting guards, you know, guys that are in the post. You know, I like where they're going. They just need some of these kids to say, hey, you know what? This is Illinois. This isn't the Illinois from five, six years ago. This, these coaches know what they're doing. Great fan base, great facilities, great coaching staff who can make me better and get me prepared for the NBA. Because let's face it, I don't know if you guys saw Kofi last week. Other than his free throws, remember when this guy first came to Illinois, what he was like as a player? They really developed him. And that was one of the knocks on Coach Underwood. A fan said that to me. And I'm like, remember what I was like when he first got there? Couldn't shoot the basketball. That was his knock. Now, you know, he worked on it. The staff's been there. They have a really good eye for talent. That's what I like about them. They have. They don't just look at stars. They look at kids that fit, needs, and that can help them win basketball games. I'd agree 100%. I mean, uh, Akpara and Uday, they're, uh, they're not as highly recruited as maybe Phillips and Ware are, but both of them are going to be solid hits if you if you land them. I mean, uh, Phillips is probably closer to like a Kofi in terms of like his style of play. He's a, he's a little bit like a – he's kind of a bully in the post. He's just going to pin you under there and try to dunk on your head. Uh, Ernest Uday, he's a, he almost reminds me a little bit of Omar Payne the way he plays. He's kind of that – the junkyard dog kind of waiting around in the dunker spot and – just hits the offensive glass real hard. He's good on switches on defense, and he's just going to be running up and down the floor. Ware's a little bit different. I mean, I don't know if Illinois really had a big that's been his style that's, you know, he's got to be close to seven foot, and he's got to have maybe a seven foot five wingspan is what it looks in the in the videos and the pictures. I mean, he's going to be a, a big-time shot blocker. Uh, the only question with him that I have is, he might be too ready for the NBA in terms of like, you might not get his full potential. He might be drafted right after his freshman year, after he averages, you know, maybe 10 points. He might be a one and done just because they look at his build and say, yeah, we're going to draft him regardless, even if he doesn't, uh, you know, he's not a huge, he's just going to be that potential guy. And then uh, Akpar is kind of the one that's a little bit tougher for me to gauge uh, he doesn't get fed the ball a lot in the post on his AAU team. And I would say most of his points, even on his school team, were kind of offensive glass and back in. Uh, he's playing uh, with the Mocan, and they really just kind of feed their point guard the ball. And then uh, Terrace Reed is the other post guy, and he kind of gets a majority of the post touches. So he's a tough one to gauge just because he hasn't really been that high-volume guy for any of his teams. And maybe they see something in him that he could become more than what he is at this level. Yeah. Where, where's an interesting one watching him live. Um, a couple things come to mind. First off his wingspan. It's like literally having a plane in the middle of the, of the, of the lane. Um, and, and he, he made a couple blocks that you don't see very often where he's actually reaching out, like not up and down, but forward. And because guys just don't think he can get there. He had a couple tips before guys got the ball up very high, just because of that ability. He's also got one thing that's really rare for a guy of his, of his length, but his second jump is a quick jump. So there were times when he would go after a rebound and the ball might be tipped around and then all of a sudden he's back up there again. And, and he gave people fits with that uh, in the lane. And so you, you don't usually see the quick second leap out of a seven footer. Um, but, but there's, you can definitely see something there. And of course, as Connor said, Phillips is a guy, he's obviously not Kofi size, but then again, who is, but um, you know, he's still a pretty big guy who you could see, going in and, and physically being um, a bully inside in the image of Kofi. And of course, give Fletch time with any of these kids and you're going to have quite a player. And we round out to the last position here at the four. Um, this group is, this group is an exciting group. When you look at um, uh, 
Jalen Washington from Mean Streets. I mean, this kid has been enticing for, you know, quite some time. Uh, Cameron Corrin from down here in the Dallas metro area. Again, another stud. And now we're finding out that somebody that maybe we thought we didn't have a shot at, Braden Huff, is in the mix. And, and boy, when you look at, at three names like that, um, uh, it, it's hard to feel like if you have any one of those guys signing or committing, it's kind of hard not to think it's Christmas morning and you're opening up a, you know, a shiny new toy there. But, um, you know, Brad, these are, these are three talented individuals. What are your thoughts on them? I think they're all three studs. I mean, you look at the schools are recruiting when it tells you all you need to know, but um, I look at, I think Jalen Washington is a kid who I saw in the first week of April and I don't feel like he was hundred percent. I thought he was good. I mean, here's the thing, even at like 80%, he was still good. As the spring's gone on, he's gotten coming off the, of course, the knee injury, he's gotten better and better. And I feel like now he's playing a, just a crazy high level. I think he's showing more versatility in the sense that he can move better um, out on the perimeter. So now he's showcasing himself as a true four. It, who, he can obviously play five, and he plays a lot of five with Mean Streets as well. But um, so I love Jalen Washington. I think Illinois, um, obviously, they're trying to get into that Mean Streets program, Jeff Alexander. And, you know, we may have another, um, you know, another connection that's going to come out with the Mean Streets program over the next couple months which is going to uh, really solidify some of those relationships, I think. So that's good. Cam Corrin just had his official visit, you know, Monday to Wednesday this week. Um, of course, my deeply rooted sources in Champaign were sending me text messages with pictures of him eating lunch uh, on Wednesday because, you know, people don't have anything better to do than tell us <laughs> inside info, right? So um, it's always entertaining. But, but no, he, he had a great visit. I think it went really well. I think the one thing about summer official visits – it's really hard because there's no kids on campus. I mean, obviously you're with the players, you're watching the players, you're working out, I'll do all this stuff, but it's different when you get to this fall. And so that's why they, they use an official with Cam because they really wanted to get him on campus, but they'll probably use an official because he can use one as a junior, one as a senior, so they can use an official on him in the fall after August 1st. And so when they, they, they want to get him back on campus and they feel really good about where they sit with him. Of all these three guys, I like, I think he's probably the, for me, might be the best um, fit, although I think he may be maybe not the best player, but I just think he's a good fit for what they need because there's versatility. Um, and the other guys, you know, mentioned Braden Huff. Braden Huff is um, so skilled. I watched him play with the Wolves in April, and I'm like, what, why haven't why hasn't Illinois offered this kid? And I actually sent may have told some people um, that, you know, I, I get it. You know, so I really watched him. He can shoot it. He stretches the floor. He can put the ball on the floor against a bigger guy, get a smaller guy. He can score in the paint. Um, he, he has good ball skills. I mean, yeah, we, we list him as a power forward, but he can be a stretch five too. I mean, he can do so many things and he's not physically where he needs to be from a strength standpoint right now, but he's another guy. You put him in a strength and conditioning co program in college where he's like, you know, with, with Adam Fletcher, who is the best strength and conditioning coach in college basketball. Now that kid's, that kid's going to be really good. Um, the uncertain, obviously when I looked at him though, the first thing I saw, what school I'll, I'll, I'll give it for a quiz for you guys. When you look at Braden Huff highlights, what school do you see with Braden Huff? I thought Gonzaga. Ken? What schools would he fit in or what schools are on his list? No. Would he fit in? I mean, you look at him, what kind of player is he? Oh, to me, Wisconsin. Exactly. That was my thought. Wisconsin. A suburban kid from Chicago, you know, maybe a little under-recruited, underrated, goes to Wisconsin, and then his junior year, he's kicking kicking your ass. And you're wondering, well, how did we miss on this kid? So that was my thought on him. But I'll tell you, they, I watched him and I thought, this kid's good. He's more advanced. He's not a project. He can play. He needs to get a little stronger, but he can play, and I, I really like him. And Jeff Alexander has really done a good job, and Brad Underwood, of getting back in with that kid. And finding a way. And I know that they've reached out to Mike Mullen and said, hey, we're a different staff. We're going to be more aggressive with your program. And I think Mike Mullins has told the kids that and relayed that message. And I think it's been very, very effective. Ted, what are your thoughts? Ted, what do you, what do you I think? Had chance, I had a chance to talk to Cam a little bit today, briefly, you know, about his visit. And I said, of all the things that you got to see the last 48 hours, what was your favorite part? What did you like the most? It was the players. 
It was the players. He enjoyed being with this team. Now, this is a new group, so we don't know anything about this group. I know last year they were close. They all got along. Obviously, they made some inroads with Cam Corrin um, because he loved that. That was his favorite part. Second favorite part was he could tell if coaches are lying or being honest. He knew the staff was being honest with him about everything. So, But the reason why I think if you look at the three guys, we mentioned Jalen Washington and Braden Huff, they all bring different skill sets. The thing I like about him is that he is a tremendous passer out of the four position that Brad Underwood likes. We've all heard Brad Underwood speak in press conferences. If you can pass it and you can defend and you can shoot it, you can play for him. That is what he's looking for. He's looking for those guys that can make the extra pass to make easy baskets. So I think they have a good shot with him. I know that they're recruiting him extremely hard. Jalen Washington is a five-star kid. You know, to land a kid like that would be tremendous. But I have to start thinking, me personally, like Coach Underwood said, this is the University of Illinois. You don't have to take a backseat to anybody. There's no reason that, that, that they can't land another five-star kid. They landed Adam Miller. They landed Ayo Dusunu. My personal opinion, Kofi Coburn was a four. He could have been a five-star rec uh, recruit. And obviously, Andre Cabello is proving that he definitely was a five-star recruit that people missed on. And from everything that I'm hearing, RJ Melendez came on the scene late, and he's probably that way. So, but today, I had a really good conversation with Braden Huff. Really enjoyed talking to him. Sharp, sharp kid. For the fans listening to this podcast, you know, I wrote a story for IlliniGuys.com. Illinois is not out of the mix with him at all. I mean, I don't, he was kind of offended by that. You know, people, he talked about how early this was in his recruitment. Illinois still has a chance with him. Um, Brad, you, it's funny you said this because I thought about Frank Comiskey and Wisconsin with this kid. Right away, a kid that's going to go to Wisconsin, come back to haunt you like Frank did or E.J. Liddell did. But he's a kid that is very, very much interested in Illinois. One of the things I liked about him today that he said to me today was he liked the fact that Illinois is recruiting in-state kids. And there's, a, there's a sense of urgency. There's meaning behind that. And he's one of those kids that are in-state. And I don't, I don't want to say they have a lot of ground to make up, um, but they weren't recruiting him. But he's fascinated with the program because he watched them play. So, I, I, you know, to an advantage, Illinois may have one because it is a new staff and it's never too late because we all know, all four of us, kids change their mind. If a kid's going to commit 11.50 at 12 o'clock, 11.58, 11.59, sometimes they change their mind. I think they have a good shot with this kid. I certainly hope so, honestly, because I, uh, I really see Drew Timmy and kind of a little bit of a, a Sabonis in him. And that's kind of why I thought, you know, Gonzaga, when I was looking at him, he just, he's that extra hustle that just, he gets it on the glass and he, he puts it in over the top of him, and he's just going to outwork you. And the fact that he's 6'10 and looks like he's probably added a good 15 pounds of muscle since last season. I mean, he's going to be working hard in the weight room with Fletch if he does come to Illinois. So with him, I mean, it's a good thing they're getting back in with the Wolves because if you do, you, you're getting potentially two good kids in this class to, uh, to go along with the fact that if you can, you know, get back in with potentially Jalen Washington as well. I mean, these three, uh, Cam Corrin, Braden Huff, and Jalen Washington, I mean, it just comes down to preference because you're getting a really talented player regardless. Um, Washington's probably going to be a little bit tougher in terms of the recruitment. Uh, I know he's uh, he likes Stanford and Purdue and UNC a lot, um, but he's going to be he's going to be an NBA player just based on his size, his ability to guard on switches, and just overall he's very fluid in terms of his offensive game. He doesn't really lose speed when he's making his moves in the post, and with his jumper and his high release, he can pretty much shoot a post fadeaway over probably anyone in this class so far. Uh, Corn is also just like, I can't really tell what these, uh, these national guys are not seeing when it comes to him. Maybe he didn't get enough touches, uh, in the season this year, just because he had a couple, uh, D one guards, uh, on his high school team. So he didn't get as many looks maybe as he should have, or will this year, at least, uh, 
he's going to be playing at sunrise. So that might also be a pretty star studded roster, but I mean, he's, he's going to be a good player regardless. And he looks like he's gained a lot of confidence recently. And there's, um, there's a YouTube video where you can kind of see one of his post moves. And he does this, like, he does like a little gather step where he, he can tell the double team is coming. He makes a little ball fake and then he fades into like this reverse pivot and then shoots a fade away from the baseline. And it's just, when I was watching that move, I was just like, all right, this is just, there, there's not really any way you can practice that move at game speed, unless you just, you have to have a certain amount of just overall talent to be able to do that one. And man, did that, that one surprised me with him. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. So when, when Connor talks about, you know, the guards, um, you know, getting, um, you know, taking over and getting a lot of shots, that reminds me, I used to think that when Connor and I would watch Michael Finke play, Michael Finke would be, you know, 20 something points for Centennial. And then these little five, nine guards would decide that, you know, all these college recruiters need to see them play. And they'd let between the two or three of those guys, they'd shoot like, eight threes in a row and take the team right out of a game and poor Finky would be just like, can somebody let me have the ball? <laughs> um, the question that I have, uh, you know, when I was on WDWS last week, um, we talked with uh, uh, Lauren and Steve about Owen Freeman, who's obviously a year later, 2023. And, um, you know, he's a heck of a player. How does he compare to uh, Braden Huff and, and some of these guys, do you see Owen is more of a five or a four? And, and I just, I just, when I hear Huff about how good of a passer and how fundamentally strong he is, that leads me to think of Owen Freeman, who, you know, does everything with just perfect form. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Freeman a lot in 2023. I think Freeman's a little bit different in that, Freeman's probably at the same stage. If you compare him athletically, like Freeman has made his jump this past year. Um, and he became more of a guy who just – and you saw it live. It went down in – if you watched him live, maybe not with his high school team because they, they, they struggled. But um, with his AAU team, you see there's a lot of – I mean, he's dunking things. He's just getting the ball. He's making a spin and he's dunking it. And these are things that – you know, makes him more of a five and more, a little more explosive at the same stage than Huff. A year ago, Huff wasn't as explosive as Freeman is now. So I, I think that's a difference. Maybe he's a little bit more developed. I, I see Owen as being more of a five-four, Huff being more of a four-five. If that makes sense, maybe, maybe focus on those things. I think, um, but they're both they're similar in that they're both really good and they can play together. I mean, they both they have the ability. They both move well. Um, they're both mobile. And you put those guys together and, and you could have a really nice, uh, nice tandem and then throw in, add in a, you know, a physical guy like, a, you know, I don't know, a Phillips or, a, or something like that, or not Cara, you know, something like that in the mix. And you've got, you know, or maybe Cam Corrin too, you know, so you've got a nice, nice, uh, nice mix of big men then. And, you know, let's not forget that only has some pretty good guys on campus too, who are just going to keep developing and like Coleman Hawkins, who, uh, uh, they're they're they love Coleman Hawkins, really love Coleman Hawkins, and he's going to be a good player too. So, lots of lots of pieces in place, and just got to add the ones, uh, some key pieces, and I think this team can uh, keep it rolling, um, and stay at the top of the Big Ten and keep uh, keep keep Lion Nation happy over the next few years. Cool. Well, the the last thing before we close here, um, I didn't know. Uh, you know, uh, Josh Whitman talked about the fact that. The assistant coach position uh, is just a, a matter of timing and that everything will be fine. And, um, you know, it, it, the, the press in the room chuckled because, you know, I, I, I haven't noticed that the earth has stopped spinning. So I, I think I think everything will be OK if we don't get a, a guy in the next day or two. Um, anything on either of the two open positions that anybody um you know, might want to hear, or is it pretty much radio silence, which I think is kind of the new, the new, uh, uh, cool thing right now coming out of Champaign-Urbana is the fact that nothing is coming out of Champaign-Urbana. Well, Ked, what should we say? Well, I don't know. Ked and I have had, <laughs> Ked and I have talked about this a lot. We text a lot about this and we kind of, we, we have some knowledge, but we don't really want to, Put it out there. Let me. Let, I, what I'll say is, the next um, 
you know, Illinois has two positions they're still going to fill. And possibly, I'll be honest with you, there could be three. I'm going to be honest with you. There may be three mm-hmm. positions still filled. We may have an assistant to the head coach. We have, may have another staffer added. And then we may have, you know, obviously the full-time assistant coach. Um, I think that um, Illinois, the new, whoever it is, is going to have some ties to Chicago, uh, some ties to guys who are in the NBA draft process, and some ties to guys who are you know, high-level recruits in 2022 and 2023 and 2020. So that's that's what I can say. Ked, what, what do you – you if I'm Ked going, wants to – he can do it. <laughs> I'm not going to drag this on, but I will tell anybody and anybody who's listening to this, Brad Underwood doesn't need you to come up to him and tell him who to hire. <laughs> I can tell you right now. He is extremely overwhelmed with that. I was down there last weekend, and I heard people. I actually heard people with my own two ears tell him who he should hire and why he should hire these people. <laughs> like Coach, like Josh Whitman said, they have it covered. And obviously, Brad and I kind of know a little bit what's going on, but I'm not going to be that bad guy to say, hey, well, this is what's going on. And then, you know, it's not fair to the person, to the staff, or to the schools, because things change, too. So... I'm going to keep my mouth shut, but I think if you guys are smart enough and this is, I don't like to brag. I don't, but this is one time I'm going to brag on Brad and Kedrick. If anybody's going to know what's going on with that, I, I think it would be the two of us. I have to be honest with you. So by listening to this, if you follow us, um, Brad's a master at, you know, explaining things. So stay with us, you know, whenever we get a chance to say something we can and we will, that's my two cents with it. Perfect. Well, I tell you what, everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening to this uh, edition of Eye on the Illini. And of course, if you haven't listened to us, um, go ahead and go back to our last episode with David Williams and uh, Craig Swope. There was some fantastic parenting tips and coaching tips from David Williams that will last you for years uh, and certainly will get some laughs out of you. Uh, But like I said, when it comes down to Illinois and Illini sports, IlliniGuys.com is the only place to be. Whether you live in Champaign, you live in Chicago, halfway across the United States, or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com will keep you in the know. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.